Welcome to the Wedding Sassholes, your no BS wedding business podcast. We're here to real talk you through the common F-ups we see companies making and the practical strategies you can implement today. This month's topic is wedding shows and showcases. And in this episode, you'll learn all the things booths setups. And we'll guide you on how to make the most out of your space. We are your hosts. I'm Shannon Tarrant. I'm Vanessa Negron. And welcome to the shit show. Episode number eight of the Wedding Sassholes. Mm, so are you listening today because you're participating in an upcoming wedding show? Or do you need ideas on how to build a great booth and where to get started? Then this episode is for you. Well, it's been a good month of talking. We've talked through the big giant expos. We've talked through wedding shows and showcases at the venues. And all of that is great, but not if you have a shitty booth. No. If you have a shitty booth, what's the point? No. (laughs) And I think sometimes, like, as wedding pros, we're busy. And so we say, okay, especially if it's the first time I think you've ever done a show, we sign up for things with the best of intent And then don't make the time to schedule into our calendar far enough out to make sure that we have everything we need and we can order everything we need so that we have like an actual like design setup. We're not just throwing things into the booth. Yeah, we're not just showing up with product and then that's it and not thinking the whole thing through. And it's really hard the first time. Like I remember when we started Wedding Venue Map, even though when I worked at the venue, the I had done it every single year. I would sit down and draw it all out on a sheet of paper. So what does our booth look like? What do we want to change? What do we want to adjust? But it was really hard. The very first year I opened the new company and said, well, what is our booth going to do? And the first show was so bad. It was so bad. (laughs) I feel like everyone's first show is really bad though. Yeah. That's the one that you take the picture of so that later you can go back and see it and think, wow, look how far we've come. (laughs) Right, because you almost don't, even though you could listen to podcasts like this and you can read through articles and things, you don't know specifically how the couples are going to react to your booth or the questions they're going to ask you to make sure that you can anticipate it. Mm -hmm. That's the nice part about doing multiple shows is each one you learn something from and you take notes of what did the couples ask for, what should I have packed, things like that, and make it notation and then make sure you have it for the next one. Yeah, I remembered that during COVID, we had a freak out because we give out actual physical maps. Like it is like a our printed material we give out is a map. And I can't really just put up a QR code and be like, go download it. It is not, that's not possible. No. And so we had to think of a way that we could kind of put the maps on a display so that we weren't touching them and handing them to them. They were just displayed and they could grab them themselves. And now we still bring that display. Sometimes people grab them and don't, but I'm like, it was something for the specific time in that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So when people are just getting started to figure out what to do with their booth, where should they start? Um, I would say, make sure you talk to the show producer, whoever that may be, and see what type of booth you're getting. Are you going to be in a double booth, a big booth, corner booth? Um, are you backing up to a wall? Are you backing to another vendor booth? Like if they have them, um, where it's, it's like in the middle of the, not convention center, but any type of room, mm-hmm. are you backing up to another yeah. booth? Sometimes when you go to the small open houses, it's just an open table and there's nothing behind you. You're in the middle of the room. So you can't bring your big display banner because you're going to be blocking out all the people behind you. So I would make sure that you specifically ask, where's my booth located? What do I need to bring? So you know, do I have a wall behind me? Do I need to bring drapery? Like things like that. I think that's where you should start is what what is the size? Yeah, because some shows, and don't you think every show will bring, includes different things? So sometimes it includes a six foot table. Sometimes it's an eight foot table. Sometimes it includes the linen. Sometimes there's drape. Sometimes that drape is black or it's white. And it's making sure that you have the good knowledge of what they are actually providing mm-hmm. to you. Well, I'm because I've been to shows where they only provided a high top cocktail table. Right. And you bring all your stuff. That, that's a good thing to know. Yeah, that's a good thing to know before you show up with yeah. all of your things. So make sure you do ask. You bring things. all your things like it's going to be a six foot table. And I, yeah, but I've also been to shows where they you had to bring your own table. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're assuming that they're going to provide all these things for you, you're going to make the ass out of you and me when you get there. 
and you don't have all your stuff. Yeah. So make sure I, that you ask all those questions. I think the si- size does matter. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, I do think that the size does matter when it comes to the booth. And it's important if you're signing up for the first time, maybe you just kind of went through the motions and grabbed the single booth, which could be an eight by 10 or a 10 by 10. But I like to pre-build the booth at home, which means I actually tape it out on the floor because 10 by 10 sounds like a lot of space. It is not a lot of space. When you drop a six foot table in it and a cocktail table or whatever, or you want to start bringing furniture and stuff. So I think you need to actually figure out what, how much space do you need to make the impact to showcase what you need for the amount of staff you need for how big the show is. Because I find a lot, I'll see people get a single booth and then put so much stuff in it. You're like, why wouldn't you have gotten a double booth? Like expand the space and see if that's an option. And maybe it wasn't in your budget, but I mean, sorry to the show producers who are listening to this, but I would call them the week before and be like, Hey, do you have empty space? I mean, can I upgrade? Is there any way that I can do it at a discounted rate and do a bigger mm-hmm. booth space or do a bigger option? Because if they have that spot just sitting there and it's a few days out, they might be willing to just upgrade it. Yeah, well, and it, it creates more of an experience for the people coming in. So as a producer, if you have the empty space, you're more than likely, not that I'm speaking for them, right? but you're more than likely to sell the extra space for cheaper just so you can fill it and it doesn't have an empty room. Right. That's the worst is if you go somewhere and there's all this empty blank space. So yeah, fill it out. Yes. And uh, depending upon the show and the size of the show, sometimes there's alternative space like a side room or a lobby booth that could be the same price. It could be a discounted price because you don't get as much room and they don't do all the draping. But I definitely think Vanessa hit a really important point when it comes to like what's behind you. Because mm-hmm. if you're assuming a wall and you're assuming a design based upon a wall and you haven't paid for a wall or specific walls, mm, chances are no. you could get yourself in trouble. Well, and be respectful of the other vendors. So like I said, there are certain things that you'll go to that it's an open room and you're right in the middle of it and there is no dividers. So please be respectful of the vendor that's behind you. Don't put a big banner up that covers half their booth and blocks them out. You know what I mean? It just, they will talk. <laughs> you don't want to burn bridges with other vendors. Yes. Um, you also don't want to be that, that eyesore in the middle of the room either. So bring different options. Make sure you ask the questions to the producers of if you have the wall, if you don't have the wall, you know, especially the table sizes. Oh my goodness. It's... It's a lot. Yeah. It can. It could be messy and you don't want to show up and be freaking out. I've seen it a thousand times, literally a thousand times. So one of my other secrets to my success as shows, and we kind of have, we talked a little bit about it in the first episode, but is the placement in terms of near your frienders. So a million years ago, when I first started in the industry and shows were a huge piece of our marketing you know, we kind of had, I don't know, we called ourselves a little pod. There was like six of us and there was one venue, one photographer, one DJ, one florist, one whatever. And at every show we did, we requested to be in the same, like across from each other in the same, like six spots. You know, it wasn't wall space, even if somebody got a double booth, but we requested to be in that same area because if I had an opportunity as the venue to talk to someone and they already had a venue and I'd say, oh, are you still looking for a photographer? And I could kind of like pass them across because we were in the same space. So I highly recommend making the request if you know other vendors and frienders and people you consistently refer business to and they refer to you I always suggest trying to be in the same in the very close to them I agree with that statement I do that as well it's really nice because it makes referring easy but it's also once you get into that conversation with the couples and you do ask them about oh well who else have you hired or oh we love them you should go check out these people it's easy to just send them across the booth yeah or if you see your couples that are already booked with you and they come by just to say hi. You ask them, how's everything going? How do you like the show? What are you also you're looking for? And because your frienders are right there next to you, you can say, oh, let me introduce you to, you know, this photographer that I work with all the time if you still need that. It's really nice to, it puts you at that expert level. It shows the expertise that you have, mm-hmm. but it also helps the referring for everyone. I feel like that's, yeah. it makes it so much easier. It's not, oh, go two aisles over on the yes, back wall. It's so hard to do yeah, that. Yeah, no, it's it's nice to just like wave a hand at a friend and say, oh, they're right 
there. Uh, let me introduce you to them and just walk you over there real quick. It's really nice. Yeah, it is hard to do the like, it's two hours yeah. over, down towards the end, like take a look. That's, Tell them I said hi. Yeah. Tell them I sent you there. That's really <laughs> difficult. And I think that overall, you don't want to leave your booth. Even, even if it is like the perfect referral, you don't want to walk away because you're potentially losing you're there to be in sales also. So you don't want to walk away from the booth no, to do that. No, but it, it does make it easier to refer a friend when they're directly across from you or directly next to you. <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, I think that the show producers in general, when now the other tip to that is making sure that you're both making the request. Yes. Because sometimes I would have people who requested to be near us and I'd be like, no, thank no, you. I'm good. Like, <laughs> And they wouldn't put us together. And I would just be like, oh, God, I'm so sorry. I don't know what happened. But it's when you both want it, make sure that you're both kind of on the same page. So so be by your friends, but also make your booth stand out. So how are some options yes. that we can make it stand out amongst all of the many, all of the plenty and many? Well, I think when it comes to like the layout of the booth, and this is why I say tape off the floor, and because it's really helpful when you do this at home, is before you show up and try to figure it out in the booth, it's very <laughs> messy to do it day of. Oh, it doesn't fit? Why doesn't it fit? Oh, because I didn't measure it. Oh, right. Yes. Yes. I think that you want to figure out inside of your booth, the opportunity to talk to people. And so, you know, when you have a 10 by 10 square, I'm going to use that because that's most likely the most popular size in most of the booths is, you know, how can you create an opportunity in terms of what is it going to flow? I have seen people put a couch in there with a sitting area where, you know, you had enough seating for a single chair and then like a baby couch, a little love seat for people to talk to, or instead of having the time maybe to sit down and talk to couples one-on-one, -on -one, maybe doing instead of furniture, like a table where you've got chairs on either side of like an eight foot table kind of on the side, or just having cocktail tables off to the side, maybe where you can be standing and having a conversation, but you want to build the booth in a way that there's an opportunity to talk mm -hmm. to you where you are like, having a conversation side by side, not, you know, whether it's sitting down or whatever, that you're really, you know, you're leaving it open to talk to them. I usually typically pull the table that they give me all the way to the back end of the booth so that they can walk into mm -hmm. it and then have a little section that we can talk. And they're not standing in the middle of the aisle, you know, while people are walking by or anything like that, but it invites them in, make it inviting, make it inviting, make it colorful, um, make it interactive. I mean, just, you want them to come and stay and have a discussion, not just, oh, what are you handing out? Can I just get a pamphlet and then walk away? Yeah. Make sure that you're keeping them there and engaged. And I think, I mean, not to say you're a little spoiled, but you're a little spoiled <laughs> on the interactive side because you're a cake baker. And if you're bringing, you know, if you're bringing something that's a tasting and things like that, I think it's harder for some of the other categories to figure out a way um, to really get them to come into the booth. So I've seen a few really fun ideas that I'm going to share. One, um, one of our local DJ companies did it here. They were DJ photo booth, whatever. They actually set up their DJ setup and put their photo booth in front of it. So meaning the couples could, you know, they were standing there and they'd hit the photo booth button and they were doing like gifts and you could like pretend like you were fake DJing. And so rather than just every other booth that had a photo booth, which was great and was interactive, it was like, it became this like photo mm -hmm. op that you wanted to, it was more interactive and participatory rather than just standing there and taking a picture. And I thought that was a really great way to be really clear that you're still a DJ, mm -hmm. right? It's DJ equipment and the full setup and everything. And they could put on the headphones and be able to like pretend like they were a DJ, but it invited people to come into the booth to participate in it. No, oh, I love that idea. What would you, what, Go ahead. like, how would a photographer do that? I've seen florist suit where they they had like interactive boutonniere putting on. You could do the boutonniere or you could make your own little corsage mm -hmm. at the booth itself, which I thought was really cool. There were like a bouquet bar. Yeah. That was really cute too, where you could kind of pick the flowers and uh -huh. kind of leave with a little mini bouquet. Yeah. Yeah. I, I may have made a few of those actually. And I think that really, that one might work at a better smaller showcase. I'm not sure I'd recommend that for yeah. the thousand person yeah. big bad boy expo. No, 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 no. Not, nothing like that. I think photographer is probably a really hard one. Right. You know, when it comes to, I think that this is kind of one of those when we talk about the conversation of 
maybe partnering with the your frienders. Maybe you could get one of your florists or rental companies to do a really cool backdrop. And maybe you could do a quick like how to pose or things like that. I think the best thing about photography is that they really want to see the images. So if you can maybe have you know, slideshows in a way where they can kind of stand and watch. Once I saw a photographer, it was a really, it was an interesting idea. They put like a projector on the floor and it like kind of projected that it was pretty far away. It kind of was a short throw projector, but they did like a big white wall and like, you know, just like a big white pop-up and it projected the slideshow onto the wall so that everybody could see it rather than it being like a small TV on a table. And so I think when it comes to photography, they want to see it and they want to see the other thing is, especially Mm -hmm. if you shoot at a lot of venues, says the venue girl in the room, like you, if you can find a way to be able to show them or have your images organized in a way that it's by venue. So you can be able to quickly show them, yeah, categorize them. So you can quickly show them like, oh, this is a wedding I shot at your venue. That is, I think, is a way that it still Mm -hmm. has that interactive element. It's maybe not so much doing something, but it allows them to be able to maybe, you know, even with an iPad, be able to flip through the pictures themselves at their own speed, I think might really help. I think that'd be super helpful. Yeah. I think another thing for your booth is, and this is going to sound silly if, if you can't visualize it, but think different elevations and different levels of things. Don't just think flat paperwork on your table or just a flat design think do I have a chair in the front for people to possibly sit do I have things on the table that are different heights do I have a tall banner in the back that goes above the eye line above my head so while I'm talking they see my brand think different levels of things even if you have your branding on your tablecloth have your name you know your brand logo on there and then have like something a little taller. I always, I always like to do different elevations. Just it's more eye catching and eye appealing as opposed to walking by a table that everything is completely flat. And there's, there's nothing that like grabs your attention. Yeah, (laughs) You know what I mean? You know, a mistake I see all the time is people do those retractable banners, which I freaking love them. I think they're a great investment. They're a small footprint. You can even put them sometimes up on your table. But what they do is they put their logo at the bottom which makes me crazy. Like Mm -hmm. I like the logo on the tablecloth, you know, if you want to do that or just colored or branded, but you have to remember that a lot of times you're standing in front of it. So you need to get Mm -hmm. signage and logo up really high and large so that they know exactly who you are, who you're, it is the amount of times I walk around with like our new team members at a show and we walk by and I'll stand there and say, what company is that? And they're looking at the booth and they're like, God, I don't know. Cause there's no sign. You can't find it at all in the booth. There's nothing. It's a white tablecloth with pamphlets and yet there's no sign right. of anything. So you need to really figure out how to make that work. I am a huge proponent. Not everybody agrees with me, but you know, back in the day, I used to partner with every, all of our linen partners and rental partners and floral partners. And I think that's a really good option for those in some markets that might have that accessibility and availability and people who are coming and happy to help. But as costs have risen everywhere, we know that like sometimes the investment of some of those things, if you have to pay for it out of pocket, doesn't always work to spend the money every show. I do 25 shows a year. So let me be clear. We do a lot of shows. So instead of the renting from the space, from the whatever, we've gone out and purchased a lot of the things. We bought our own linens. One of my secrets to success is I like to buy a linen with a fabric called crinkled taffeta because it's already wrinkled. Yeah, it's part of the pattern. So it doesn't matter if you shove it in the show box. So I fold it and put it in the show box and open it up and put it back out and shove it in the show box. We dry mm-hmm. clean them twice a year, but um, but we bought our own linens on brand. We went onto Amazon. We bought our own cocktail tables because, you know, to rent them every single time, it just didn't make sense. So I think, you know, I like to run a good budget. I like to know what I'm going to spend on things a year and to have them, the storage space doesn't, guys, I have a home office. This is, I put this stuff in my garage. Like this is not that I have huge amounts of things. I just have one little corner of the garage, but I think you want to 
figure out where to invest in the things so that it's also the least amount of work. I didn't want to have to call in the favors every time or have to then figure out. I used to rent linen and I'd pay for it, which was fine, but then I'd have to bring it back and I didn't have the time to drop it off. So yeah, I'm a big proponent when it comes to thinking about your layout, whatever of the things you have, making it realistic. What can you own yourself? But remember, you have to store it afterwards. So you might not have have room for wine barrels and wood top table, farm table. You might not have the space for it. So then it makes sense to rent. It does, but also it helps with your future showcases or shows or whatever you're doing because you already have these things on hand. When you're doing your faux layout at home and you're doing the measurements, you already have these things in your home and you're not worried about getting dimensions from a rental company. You already have it. But then I think that also helps you perfect your setup for every show or every booth because once you already have these items, you can just start getting it into a regular, uh, what do you call it? I'm... I just, I just had a brain for it. This is amazing. Yeah. No. So like <laughs> you get into, into the flow. When you get into the yeah. routine of your yeah. setup and then you're quick at your setup, you already have all the supplies, you know what it looks like, but it just makes it a little easier. The storage is the tricky part, but yeah. like I said, you don't have to wait on measurements from different companies because not every rental company has measurements online. That part drives me crazy, but I mean, to each their own, <laughs> but they don't have the measurements. So if you're renting the cocktail table or the dresser or right. the couch, how big is that compared to your booth? How much space do you actually have left? Yeah. All right. So let's talk about some must-have items. So if, you know, Vanessa and I both 100%, 1,000% agree, and we both do this. So I love we're on the same page sometimes. We both have a show box. <laughs> yes. Meaning like a storage tub that we both use that is all of outside of some of the big things we'll talk about about must have, but we have a show box for all the little things. And we actually have like, I'm a little, I'm a little crazy. Y'all should know this by now, but I have like a laminated checklist that is taped to the inside of the lid so that I can go through when we get home to be like, do I have everything still in there? Or is there stuff I need to order and restock before the next time? But having that like checklist and let's run through some of the things in general to make sure that you have for your booth. Please have signage. Number one, I don't need to walk past your booth. Neither does any client. And I have no idea who you are or what you do. Please have signage. No, they're they're not going to stop and talk to you. (laughs) No. No. And what if they're already following you on Instagram or their venue has already told them about you and there could have already been five touch points and they walk by your booth and there's no signage with your logo and your branding and your name. And then they just keep going because they didn't even know it was you. They could be a huge fan and not know it's you. They could already be a fan of your brand and not even realize it's you. Make sure you have something. Well, I'm a big fan of the big signage. So remember, this is why important what Vanessa said to know what you get with your booth, because maybe you have a sign that has to hang over pipe and drape and then you show up at a show and there's no pipe and drape or the pipe and Mm -hmm. drape is low. They didn't do high and now you're screwed. So make sure that you have whatever you have is freestanding and you have whatever you need to be able to hang it then rather than the other way around. We've seen some of our like vendor friends have, they get, um, from Amazon, the like photographer kit where it's got the legs and the stand and the bar that goes across. So you can kind of yep. hang it from there or, but I think that sometimes people bring the big signage, but then they forget some of the smaller signage. And what I mean by smaller signage is if you have takeaway items, which we'll talk about, but if you have takeaway items, or if you are running an Instagram contest or whatever, they forget about the extra signage. So Remember, you've got floor space. So if you're going to run an Instagram contest, maybe you want to do a big-ass QR code that says, hey, scan here to enter to win. You could put that in an easel with like a 20 by 30 sign at the front edge of the booth. So maybe they don't even come to talk to you, but you can get them into your Instagram funnel. So I think sometimes people remember the branding signage, but they don't think about what else. They put a bunch of stuff then on a table and they don't think maybe like I'm thinking for cakes, could you put a, could you put a cute little sign in front of display cakes being like, this is what a naked cake looks like. This is what a, this, or this is how many servings this is. Like what other little signage rather than Mm -hmm. it just being a bunch of stuff on the table. Yeah. Something a little educational that also catches their attention. Mm -hmm. I think an easel should be in everybody's show box. If you may not use it, but an easel, you would 
you, you wouldn't believe how many times people ask if people have them and you could be that resource for other vendors, but it's a nice way to display more of a branding side mm-hmm. or more of it's like you said, you know, it doesn't have to be your logo, but it could be more things and different elevations and on a different part of your booth, not just on the table or behind it. You could put it more towards the front. Well, it makes such a difference when you have a floor easel, a table easel, or even if you have like rack cards or postcards, when you stand them up. So putting Mm -hmm. them on some kind of something that, you know, whether you get the acrylic stands or something that looks nice, branded or not, but that they can kind of take it, but it's not just flat on the table. It is standing up and looking at them. Yeah. Your, your packages, your trifolds, your postcards. Yeah. All of that stuff. Yeah. I like that. Okay. Hot topic. Next one. We disagree, but let's go with it. (laughs) Go ahead. Why do we disagree about it? Because we already talked about this in episode one. I mean, back in the episode, we talked about this month about the shows, but you need to make sure you collecting, collecting information, collecting information (laughs) from the couples. Vanessa's into the online, but this is where I told you how many things you're going to have online for them. You're going to get an iPad. You're going to put it on a stand. How do you keep it charged? It's fine if you're going to do it online, but you better think through all the things you then need. Like I have literally seen people walk away with an iPad, not intentionally. They were trying to steal it, but you have got to make sure whatever it is that you have, they're filling out things. If it's online, a laptop that needs power because you need to keep it charged all day. I actually have mini clipboards and contact forms on the mini clipboards in my show box. And I only pull them out if I cannot get my digital access. to. Yes. So that's that's a good part of the show box. Uh It is part of the show box. So there will be things in your show box. Yes, there will be things in your show box that are in there for emergency purposes Mm -hmm. as a backup, but it's still in there for the just in case so that you're not sitting there scrambling and running around with your head cut off like a chicken. Yes. So I do have them. I just don't like them. (laughs) Whether it's clipboards and paper like Shani does, or you're going for the digital, just think through all of the things that you need in your booth to make that happen. Yes. One of my big things is I call it household items. I know it's not necessarily household, but I call it household items to put in your show box is going to be things like scissors, different types of tape. I bring black duct tape. Um, Some people bring the gaff tape. Is that what it's called? Gaff tape? The gaff tape, electrical tape, um, regular tape. You'd be surprised how many people need scotch tape. I I make sure all these things are in there. Staplers, scissors, safety pins. I bring safety pins. Make sure you have pens. Please have some form of a writing utensil. My goodness. But little things like that that aren't necessarily branded items, but still items that you're going to need for setup or other vendors may possibly need for setup. Put those in your show box so you're not running around asking for it, trying to go to the store in the middle of a show, things like that. Yeah, we pack, I mean, my show box, you'd be amazed how much crap I fit into one tub, but we always put like a big thing of gum, you know, we kind (laughs) of... We use it every six months. I go buy another one, but we do a thing of gum and then I buy the mini bottles of waters and we keep some okay. snacks on hand. I mean, everybody on my team has been told and warned, bring snacks, you know, bring food if you want to bring a sandwich because there isn't always like a chance to take a break or food and stuff. So gra- so you can grab something mm-hmm. quick and small, but I also just keep them packed in there. So in case anybody forgets something, you know, nuts, easy little granola bars some stuff like that. But when you have it in your box, you'd be amazed how often you pull it out yeah I mean I even have bungee cords in there yeah so <laughs> yeah I've used them so you'd be amazed um other things that I would highly suggest are linens like the what crinkled taffeta is that what it's called yeah crinkled taffeta yes bring linens because just remember a lot of the, if the showcases not all of the producers offer linens but if they do it's typically white or black and that's it those are your two options. Yep. So bring your own linens. I like the idea of having them already textured so you don't have to worry about trying to iron them or steam them when you get there. But they can also tie in more of your brand and be colorful and stand out to people. So it's not just the white and the black. You stand out. You are the the unicorn amongst the zebras. <laughs> yeah. So much black and white at a show because that's what the producers include. And I'm always shocked that people don't get an overlay like anything to bring with them to be more colorful and it gets recognizable. So if people come to multiple shows, 
if your brand includes this bright magenta pink and you put that underneath your cake table and yeah, it's not everybody's cup of tea, but it's your brand. They're going to be like, oh wait, I've eaten these cake samples before because it becomes a recognizable booth setup. Mm -hmm. That's like the uniform. That's, I mean, if you are always in the same like Shani always wears green to everything. Always. People know everywhere. People know she's going to be in green. I wear traditionally a black chef coat with bright pink pants on the bottom. And mm-hmm. even if they don't see my front side and they see my pants, they're like, oh, that's that's Miss Fees. I know, I know that outfit. I know that uh, combination yeah. over there. But your table can yeah. be the same exact way. It can be very recognizable. Even if you have staff members at your table and you're not necessarily there, people will know your brand based on how you're set up. We keep, oh, this is annoying. We keep an entire bag of green necklaces in my show box. Really? So my team, yeah, they hate me for it. <laughs> but I, when they show up, I just tell them we're all black. And then I put green necklaces on them all. So that way everybody matches. They know which booth they're from as they're walking around the show. So yeah, but it's like beyond brand. Yeah. Figure out how to showcase your brand, be recognizable in those pieces. Speaking of that, I think an epic fail sometimes when it comes to what you do in your booth, and I struggled with this when I was a venue, is how do you showcase what you actually do in your images or displays? Again, Wayne Hovindas is spoiled. She puts some <laughs> fake cakes out there and great, easy peasy. It's very clear that she's a cake decorator yeah. at cakes and desserts and things like that. But how can you showcase what you do with, you know, floors can put out flowers and pieces like that, but Sometimes as a venue, we struggled a lot Mm -hmm. because I would print really pretty canvases and they would think I was a photographer or sometimes planners struggle to show what they actually do because they'd set a beautiful table, but then they think it's a rental company or a florist. So I always suggest looking through whether you bring photo books with you. I like TVs or really large, really big monitors, like a big ass TV on a stand up higher. Um, canvases can work, especially if you're a photographer, but I think you need to be able to showcase what you do in images because you need to be able to flip through, you know, a slideshow or a display and be able to show people multiple options of, you know, being able to get to it quick rather than it's great to have it on an iPad when you're having that one-on-one conversation, but we have a TV in our booth that runs through just the venues in town and there's like, I don't know, 60 different venues in there, you would be shocked how often couples, I turn around and they are just standing there watching a slideshow of images. And so when you have that opportunity, I I think that's a really good way to be able to show the vast scope of what you can do. Well, and just touching base on that, if you're going to do the TV, the monitor, you know, things like that, make sure you ask about power. Yes. I mean, I mean, really, mm-hmm. the, not every booth has power. No. So if you are going to do something of that option, I like the option, but make sure that you ask about power because not every booth gets power. Sometimes power is additional pricing. Almost so you don't always. want to assume. Yes, Almost always. You don't want to assume and just yep. show up with the big monitor and then you look like a dodo because you have nothing to plug it into. So I like the idea. I just want to make sure yeah. people understand. You have to ask. You need power. You need power. Yeah, because Mm -hmm. especially when you're at, I think, some of the smaller showcases, there's only so many plugs around the room. And if you ask in advance for it, potentially they put you in a spot that's close to the power because they know you need it. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, when it comes to things like an iPad, of course, you can do small power banks, but those power banks don't power a laptop. But I do have a secret tip. Not all the show producers (laughs) love me for this one, but. I got so sick of paying for power that our convention center, the power is a $150. And that doesn't go to the show producer. They get no kickback on that. It is a straight up $150 per show. So I was spending $300 a year just at that show. Forget about all the other ones we do. And Mm -hmm. so I'm like, there has to be a better way. So we live in Florida. So we hurricane prep on the regular in general. So I started being like, there's got to be something. So I start Googling and digging around. And my boyfriend's super into techie and all that stuff. So I was like, go find me a power bank, something that we can charge up that I just needed to be able to run a TV for five hours, not with nothing else plugged in, nothing else juicing off of it. I just need to be able to charge it up, run a TV for five hours straight. And so we found this, these power banks and he went through all of the ratings of them to pick the best one. 
Um, we'll drop it in the show notes so I don't forget. I'll link over to it. And it is, we bought it on Amazon. It's like four or 500 bucks. It's not cheap. It's an investment, but let me tell you something. The amount of time, forget about just at wedding shows. We use that life saver. I use it in my personal life on the regular. <laughs> we, we had <laughs> we lose power, and I'm like, go get the power bank. We keep it charged up and ready to go. But that's one of those things that became a show standard for us that I knew I wanted to have. You know, especially if you want to collect electronic, you know, in terms of your contact forms, you've got to have a what you can't be in the middle of a show and be like, oh, I got to go juice up. No, like you need no, to be no. able to just plug right into whatever you need. So I'm a huge proponent on the power box. And just like just like the contact forms, you have a paper form, you have a digital form. So just for backup purposes, have some type of a photo book or canvases or yep. another form of non-digital ways for people to see your work. Yep. You might not put the photo book out at every show, but at least you have it there just in case. I agree. So just, I agree. Just a little suggestion. <laughs> and then last up was Vanessa's suggestion because she oh, sees it sometimes. It's a pet peeve. It's such a pet peeve of mine. I know. If you are a food vendor, ask for a trash can. Please ask for a trash can. Good Lord. <laughs> like you're serving food. You have napkins. You have utensils. You have things that people are walking around with. Ask for a trash can. It's really easy, but please ask for a trash can. I Don't also have think walk around with it in their hand, walk, walking around the show, looking for one in a corner of the room. I agree because it's frustrating because they walk around and it's kind of a mess. And sometimes the show producers kill it and they make sure each booth that has one of those, it's already there. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. one of the things I see is they put a really small one there, which lasts like five minutes. Yeah. So um, asking the people at the venue or the hotel or whatever, asking them if they have something larger, if they could put it closer to you, maybe than where it's like standard placement is. But I also think for people who bring mm. candies and stuff on the table, mm -hmm. I think even if you bring like a public, a, a Walmart bag or a small garbage bag, oh, that should be in your show kit too. You should always bring a small garbage bag. But I think I have one having, in there. Yeah. yeah, having that next to you. So that way, if somebody does open up the Hershey Kiss and eat it as they're talking to you, you can take the garbage from them and put it into the trash bag. Mm -hmm. Because as a food, I'm a non-food vendor. I don't do candy either because I don't like the paper all over the booth. But if you are going to bring that, then have a way to dispose of it. But also as a food vendor, or if you have the candy, like some of these people, yeah, you don't want to be the vendor that's known to not have a trash can. And then the person next to you, that's where your stuff gets left. Because as the couple is talking to them, they set down that little wrapper where they set down that tray of food <laughs> and leave it there and leave it on someone else's table. The that's terrible. So <laughs> please ask yeah, for a trash can. I do have trash bags in my kit. Um, yep. They, But I have a roll of just like regular glad yeah. trash bags. And that's also because while we're setting up, sometimes there are things that are still in packages or wrappers that I want to be able to throw away and get rid of. Mm -hmm. So just a little side note. But yeah. All right. So... I'm excited to hear your opinion on this because I think before I got into the wedding industry and when I would go to just more traditional exhibity type things, whether it was a community event that had booths or if you go to like almost like a flea market, you know, type thing, um, there'd be so much freaking swag. Like mm -hmm. you'd go to like a community health fair and pens and things like that. So what do you think when it comes to the world we live in today? Do you think vendors swag or no swag? What do you think? I think that if you are a vendor, and this is just my personal opinion, so please don't hate me for it. If you are a vendor that you don't have a lot of hands-on things that you can give out. So photography, DJs, they can't really hand out a lot of things. I think those are the perfect opportunities to do swag. If you are more of a florist or cake or any type of food, florists, it's hard to give out swag because it's an actual product. Like it's an actual right. live plant. Sometimes they do. If it's a smaller, um, smaller showcase, sometimes they do give out one or two flowers per guest, just like a, Hey, thank you. Here's a rose, whatever. As the catering, we're handing out products the entire evening. So no offense to anyone, but I'm not also going to add more swag onto that because I'm handing right. out food the entire time. But I think it's a nice way to get back in front of the couples if mm -hmm. you if you do have an element, you know, like like I said, the photographers, the planners, things like that. 
if you do have that little bit of something that you can put in their bag or put in their hand for them to go away with. I think that's good. So one of my secret tips that worked really well was when I was at a show, rather than in, especially the big shows, the big conferences, like the big expos, I didn't want to do um, swag for all of the people because it was like too much. It was a waste. So we, what we would do is we would invite all of our currently booked couples to come to the show. And if they came to the show, inviting them to come stop by the booth and we would give the swag to our currently booked couples, Mm. just like a little something extra, a little, if they were coming, you know, so they could stop by. So we knew we could be of extra service to them. You know, it was that customer, better customer experience for the customers I already had Mm -hmm. was kind of one of the options and opportunities. The other, I think, is if you're going to do swag, don't do cheap, crappy swag that somebody's going to throw away. Make sure that it's useful swag. And I also think you can just not put the swag out. You can kind of hoard and hide your swag. So if you have a really great conversation with someone, even when I worked at the venue, we used to have these beautiful like books and packets that had all of our packages and pricing information. They were like $4 each. So I used to only give them out on a tour when -hmm. someone came. Well, I would bring a stack to a wedding show, but I never put them out for people to just grab as they walked by. We kind of hid them in the back. So I do think if you do higher quality swag, Make sure that it matches your company and your brand. That's one of the things I never understood. You know, if you're going to do something and it's like a mini paper fan, like what does that have to do with the fact you're a photographer? Or what does that have to do (laughs) with, you know, it just doesn't make any sense. So make sure that it is a reminder. Like once I got one of those letter opener things and it looked like a little house, you would have thought it would have been a realtor, but it wasn't. It was a DJ. What the hell? That doesn't connect at all. It doesn't connect. (laughs) So think through the swag that connects to what it is you actually do. Um, But you can also utilize as you get the list or getting people onto your email list, you can also think through some digital swag. Could you create a workbook, a digital download, a checklist, or even a checklist like on a flyer, but could you create something that's an actual legit tool for Mm -hmm. them to be able to use rather than just another piece of crap? They're in the planning process. So let's help with the planning. Let's be another resource. I know we nail it every time. We talk about it every single episode, but be a resource. So it doesn't have to be something physical. It can be something that puts you more at that professional level you being an expert in what you do and being a resource to help them plan. All right. So we're going to wrap up this episode with, um, we have two more little sections, but one of them is your biggest booth don'ts. We've talked about a lot of do's and best practices and things like that. So what are some of your booth don'ts? Personal pet peeve, do not sit behind the table. Oh, the worst. (laughs) Who walks up to somebody sitting behind a table? I I have seen... um, True story. I have seen people sit behind the table and take their shoes off. I wish I was kidding. I am not. So please do not sit behind the table and please leave your shoes on. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's not your house. No, no, it's not. Don't sit behind the tables. Be out in front. Be, be very kind and courteous and welcoming. Sitting behind a table looks very cold and like you're doing them a favor. Yeah. We tend to like get rid of most, all of the, whatever chairs they give you, we, keep one chair and we kind of hide it behind a cocktail table. So in case somebody does need to sit down and take a break and have a snack and whatever, they're kind of tucked away where no one can see them. But mm-hmm. outside of that, I always tell people, get the chairs out of the booth, get rid of them. So there's yeah. no even hesitation when it slows down a little bit. We, Vanessa and I just went to Wedding MBA and it was amazing. The second day, I like to walk around the booths. Maybe I skip a session and go to the booths, but as soon as it wasn't busy, I'm walking by booths to go up to talk to people and they're sitting there scrolling their phones. So I just walked away. Like I'm a potential buyer and you're not even paying attention to me. You need to be active no. and engaged. And so no sitting down. No sitting down. Mm-hmm. What's the next one? Okay. What, what's another don't? <clears throat> don't overflow into your neighbor's space. Like Ugh. you want to be respectful of the fact that there are fellow vendors and people you could potentially do business with next to you. So 
you get a defined space. Some shows do a better job of others than of like blocking you in of exactly how much space you have. But think through, maybe you normally are on an end. So it doesn't matter that you put that banner over there, but it flat out blocks completely the next person. Where can you shift and adjust so that everybody's getting that same opportunity within reason? I mean, it's, you know, you got to, you got to do you, you paid for the space, you got to do you, but make sure that you're staying within your area, not overflowing things all over the place. Yeah. That makes me nuts. I'm like, you have your space. I have my space. I built my booth. I taped the floor like a Looney Tunes to make sure that my booth fits within my space. We also paid the, we also paid for the same amount of space. So let's not, mm-hmm. let's not come into my area. Thank you so much. Keep your hands where you're at. Thank you very much. Um, I would say design a booth that you can tell right as you walk up what you do. The ones, and I know we we touched base on this earlier, but the booths that when I walk by, I have no idea what you do because it's very confusing. Yeah. That, that doesn't make people want to come in and ask you questions. It just makes them think that's a lot going on. I don't, I don't want to deal with this. Or the other flip side to that is if you are, your booth looks like you do one thing, but you actually completely do a different, like example planners are just the easiest i'm sorry i don't mean to beat you guys up but wedding planners it's very hard for them to show at a booth exactly what they do and if you only do the tablescape or you only do a pretty um table setting with florals and and rentals it looks like you're either a florist or a rental company so let's make sure that we are making getting that point across of what we offer what we do in our in our let your work speak for itself but don't make it confusing I agree. And it's, it is the signage is a part of it, but let's say you forgot the signage, but you killed it on the booth. So it was clear if they're walking past you and they need a photographer and they are very clear that you are a photographer, they are more likely to stop and talk to you. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. make it easy. All right. My last big don't is not bringing enough staff. Um, Even when we attend small shows, we usually still load and small meaning like four or 500 people, not over a thousand. We still staff up with at least three because at points, somebody's going to want to take a break. We never like to leave one person in the booth alone because if that one person is talking to someone, then the next person is either waiting or they walk by. So we always make sure we have two active bodies in the booth at any given time to be able to talk to people. But we like to have a third so we can take breaks and go to the bathroom and things like that. But I will see people at the huge show show up and there's one person in the booth. Like there's a thousand people here and they walk, they walk by. And sometimes they walk down that aisle one time. So if you don't have enough people there to grab them and talk to them, you know, or invite them in, or I, I don't know. I just feel like you spend a lot of money to talk to you. No, they (laughs) only wait in line for food, food and cake. That's you're all not, they wait for. You're not a Disney character that they're going to wait to say hello to. <laughs> no. Walk right by. But maybe like, maybe if you're somebody, you don't have a lot of staff. We talked about it in a previous episode. You can mm-hmm. invite previous couples to come and participate with you in your booth so they can talk great about you. You know, that person helping in your booth only has to know enough to be dangerous. They don't need to be able to ask, answer every question. So I remember the very first show we did that my boyfriend came to help me in the booth. He was like, I don't know any of the venues. I said, you don't have to know them. You just have to be able to pass them to me if they legit need help. But half the times they just want to grab a map and look at the pictures and walk away. And mm-hmm. that's cool. But if they legit need help, you pass them to me. Yeah. So we've had, I've had marketing students from local universities come out and help in our booth. Like, obviously you want them to be able to speak positively about your company and your brand, but you need warm bodies sometimes. So go find them. You're better off to have too many and have people leave early than run out. Yeah. So what is your favorite tip for booths? So when you have all these marketing materials that you have created, whether you do a trifold pamphlet, your pricing and packages, a bit, only a business card, that's sad. Don't do only a business card. But let's say those, <laughs> don't do that. But let's say that's all you've got. When you are in the booth itself and you are having a great conversation with a couple and you have captured their information, the best thing you could ever tell someone. And every time I do it, they look like I have blown their mind and I've changed their life or whatever is I tell the couple, you know, the mom, the whoever's taking my things, the paraphernalia that you give out. 
I highly suggest that instead of putting it into the giant show bag that either the show producer has given or they've picked up the men's warehouse bag, free shout out for them. They have this huge bag and they are just dumping all of the papers that they pick up into that bag. I suggest that they either put it in their pocket or into their purse. So Mm -hmm. that when they get home and they start sorting through the bag and they're never going to remember who was who, keep that curated little teeny tiny list of the people you really want to talk to afterwards in a separate spot. And they're like, oh my God. And then they always put it in the purse. So I never get forgotten. (laughs) That is my like, if you are going to do shows, that is my little secret in the booth tip of conversations for you to have, because I think it goes really far that you've built enough rapport with them to be able to suggest, Hey, I, I won't forget you, but I don't want you to forget me either. I like that. It's like a secret stash of, of preferred vendors in your pocket. <laughs> it is. It's kind of like the old day when all we did use that was forms and people used to actually print out labels with their mailing address and email address and phone number. But now so many people do digital the couples don't do that anymore. So this is kind mm-hmm. of my way of being like, Oh, how do I stand out? So I can make sure that they don't forget I like me. It. I like it a lot. Well, we like to end every single episode, even though I said, don't do swag, giving you some swags. <laughs> <laughs> Three action items to add to your to-do list. Okay. Number one, go to another show, be it a wedding show, but I want you to think outside of our box, go to some kind of convention, something with an exhibit hall. We have like the Southern women show, like go Mm -hmm. find some community event that has booths that might have medical booths and insurance companies like, you know, art shows and things like that. Go get inspired. See what you like. Somebody's got a spin to win. What are they doing? How do they go look through the booths? And take pictures and get inspired by some other ideas outside of what you normally see in our industry. Yeah, it doesn't have to be wedding related. You would be no. surprised how much how much you can get out of going to other things. So yep. just get some new ideas from other places, not just wedding shows. I love that idea. I would say create your own show box is my swag for the week. Please create a box, create the checklist, make sure you have all the things in it. It doesn't have to be a separate small showcase box and big expo box. It can be one general box and then you can kind of adjust accordingly, but do your basics in there, put your household items, put your pamphlets, all of those things in the box, make your checklist. You could make two checklists for the same box. You could do the big expo and little expo tape it to the top so that your basic things are in there. And then you can add the additional for depending on your size, but create the box, please create the show box. All right. Last swag for the week is to start a note in your phone before the show. So when you are going to a show and you start to unpack and set everything up, start a note in your phone of everything you forget or something somebody asks you for or that a couple in front of you is asking for information for. But so that way you can jot down all day long. Oh, damn, we forgot the tape. Oh, damn, I'm out of this. Oh, man, there's a stain on the tablecloth and I need to get it laundered so that you can just kind of keep that running list going all day long. So if you're going to do a show, get it set up in advance. So you've got that note and that running list in your phone. Mm -hmm. If you feel like this podcast helps your business, got you thinking, or made you laugh, follow, subscribe, and share this episode with a friend. Stay tuned for our upcoming episodes. We are talking pro tips from a humongous show producer. We are interviewing the country's largest wedding show producer from Houston, Texas, Miss Lorette Ferris. The name of her show is The Bridal Extravaganza. And that is not the last time you'll hear it if you listen next week. Oh, all right, guys. Now go make some epic shit happen this week. Have a wonderful week.